welcome to the DJ Mark Flow Podcast. Come on. Hey yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to the DJ Mark Flow Podcast. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to the DJ Mark Flow Podcast, episode 5. Insanity. Time is flying. I have an amazing guest today, a really good friend of mine, a retired New York City police officer, old school and whiskey connoisseur, old school hip hop that is. Um, Alexis Torres, what's up, my brother? Welcome to the show. Yo, what's going on, Mark? Thanks for having me. Of course, of course, of course. So, Alexis and I go way, way back. I'm really close with him and his family. Amazing people. They're like family to me. Um, been very good to me. Um, so I'm really happy to have him on the show. And he is very, 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 in, he's an incredibly intelligent and hilarious guy. You guys are going to enjoy this. All right. So, Alexis, so really quick, you a retired New York City police officer. Right. So, when people hear that, they're like, oh, snap, that's intense, right? Right. So, tell me really quickly, like, so, how long have you been in the force, and what motivated you to join the force? Okay. So, let me break it down from the beginning. I was 19 years old in college. You know, in college, you broke. You need a job. So one day they had a fair, like a job fair. I went to John Jay and the, you know, naturally most of the jobs that are out there were police jobs. So if you wanted to apply for FBI, U.S. Marshals, NYPD, L.A., you know, even LAPD, everybody was coming out. So there was one, you know, I'm only 19, so I, of course I can't be a cop because one of the rules is, well, number one is you got to be 21 to be a cop. Got it. So... The New York City Police Department had a program called the Cadet Program, Police Cadet Program. It's like a, it's kind of like an internship, but you get paid. So if you want to be a cop in NYPD, you you start off as a college kid, make a little money, do your own schedule, and then they actually will pay for your college if if you're willing to become a cop. So that's kind of like the deal. They wanted educated. Um, kids from from the inner city because it was actually geared to the inner city kids. But how did the kids find out about that? Because I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I would love to be a cop, but they don't even know how to get started. So how did they even find out about that program? Well, I didn't I have no idea about the program. I actually missed out because when I when I first started John Jay, um, the program has had existed since the, the I think the early '80s. That's the crazy part. But when I started John Jay, I didn't know the uh, I didn't know that that program existed because I didn't see them at the job fairs. But this one time, there was a recruiter for that program at the job fair, and I saw how much they made. I was like, "Oh yeah, I like to make eight fifty an hour." <laughs> okay, okay. You know, and so then I, I, you know, I applied for it, and you know, it's 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 the 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 process, and we'll talk about it later. The process is is the same as to be a police officer. It's the same price. It's a, it's a written test. It's a psychological test. And it's a, an agility. You got to be, you know, semi-decent shape. So, okay. okay. So, I started when I was... So, I got the job, right? I was 19. This is like the year 2000. Did that, right? For almost two years. 
what happened was I moved up. My parents bought a house upstate, but the, the program is geared to the kids who live in the city. So I had to leave. Now I left in August 2001. What happened in September 2001? Oh, 9/11. Wow. So, and you know, as a cadet, you know, I wasn't going to be down in the buildings and you know, rescuing people. But I was, I was going to be during that time. I was going to be on the job during 9/11. But I wasn't. I already separated from the job in August, and that happened in September. Wow. So you must have been. Were you nervous? Were you like, oh snap? No, actually, what what happened was that once I I separated from the from the police cadet program, um, I was still I still wasn't of age to be a cop, right. so I had already taken the test to be, to be a police officer. So I was just waiting for them to call me, but when nine eleven happened, um, the class that was in that that time the the, rec- the recruit class they got extended. Got it. So there was like a period where I, now I had to wait a little bit because that threw everything off. So the rundown is I eventually became a police officer in 2002. Okay. The class right after 9-11. Oh, wow. Right. And I remember at the time, like the whole big thing was about terrorism. Forget about everything else. Uh, the gangs, the 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 drugs, that was like in the back burner. Everything was about terrorism. That's what they taught us in the academy. What what are the signs? What are to look look out for? Right. Fast forward. I I graduated, two thousand three. Went to the precinct, did patrol for seven years, got promoted detective two thousand fourteen, then two thousand twenty two, I retired. Retired detective. Wow. So I mean that that's a lot to unpack. So no. so so let me think about this for a minute. So you were and correct me if I say anything wrong, mm-hmm. um, but you were in the cadet program while nine eleven was happening. Is that correct? I no. I was separated from the the program in August. I I, I basically resigned in August, but nine eleven happened in September. So I was already home you know, chilling when all that happened. I wasn't on the job when 11 happened. Got it. So you didn't even start yet. I didn't start yet. You didn't start till afterwards. Right. So, and you said there was a lot of emphasis on terrorism. Like terrorism was the main. Do you do you think that it was to a fault? No, no, no. We needed it. At, you know, at the time, you know, everybody was nervous. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know the the stories that we had. Unfortunately, like the, the people. The people who look like the hijackers were, were the ones that used to get, you know, an extra look. Yeah. You know, I remember when we had, you know, we're going to stories, but now this came up. Yeah, for sure. The uh, New York City was hosting the Republican National Convention. It's like a big deal. They have it all over the, everywhere. They had the DNC, the Democratic one. This time it was 2000, I think, three or four, New York City was hosting. It's like, it's like hosting the Olympics. It's like a big deal. Right. And... They sent a bunch of us, right, to the LIRR in Queens. And, um, <laughs> you know, there, there was people that was there that were getting nervous because, like, why? What's up with this guy? Why yeah. is he Why is he praying over there? What's he doing? Remember, people, like, you know, the time, times are different. Yeah. You know, you see somebody praying that kind of looks like, you know, like what you see in the movies. People, were, they would start coming up to us like, 
can you check that guy out? I was like, oh man. Yeah. You know, and that was the that was one of the problems that you faced because ten out of ten times they were good people. It's just they had to pray. It was his time to pray. He's, right. You know. But you know, when somebody comes up to you and you just can just shrug them off like, yeah, you're just being paranoid. No, you gotta at least Hey, how you doing? Everything's good? All right, have a nice day. You cannot wow. just not do anything. I remember I remember when 9-11 happened. I remember I was working at an advertising agency and we were um we were all working and then all of us were like, yo, some something hit the building, something hit the towers. And we all thought it was um just some guy, some goofball that was flying like a regular plane and mm -hmm. just wasn't paying attention and it wound up going into the building. And I remember we seeing it and I remember I was talking to people on the phone and I was like, yo, um, they're saying that it might be terrorists and people were like, that's not terrorist. I'm like, I'm telling you, it might be terrorist. And I remember we were standing from this window and we saw the buildings fall. And I remember, I literally, I was like, whoa, that, I literally said, did it, did that building just fall? Like, like you couldn't believe it. And I remember the evacuation that happened and we were all walking. I had to walk from, I think it was 42nd street on the east side, all the way to 90th and Columbus on the west side. Cause that's where my mother lived because you know, everything was shut down. And I remember the mass exodus. I remember walking by and seeing people in bars just, you know, looking at the news, it looked, it literally felt and looked like an end of the world movie. You know what I mean? It was, it was one of the scariest times, well, man. I remember when I was in the academy, um, one, the instructors used to always say, like, they said, uh, you know, they, the terrorists are very patient, right? They don't want, if they're going to attack again, they probably won't attack in a year or two. It'll take their time. And they swore they was like, we, we guarantee something else is going to happen in the next 20 years. Thank God. I went through 20 years of the job and we didn't see anything like that. Now, there's there's other stories of, of things that have happened that were, well, what's the word, thwarted, right? Mm -hmm. They were able to prevent. Mm -hmm. But uh, nothing like that has ever happened, of course, in New York City like that. And we thought for sure when we were young on the job, we thought like they kept on telling us, this is going to happen again. And it's probably going to happen before you retire thank god you know that wasn't the case and we're still you know you know we haven't gone through anything like that again at wow. that scale it's crazy man S scary scary stuff um but i could imagine for for police officers i mean me as a citizen i was worried about that you know what i mean i was like yo i could wind up on the wrong train one day you know what i mean or i could wind up in the wrong elevator one day like you never you never knew you were afraid but then I was like, I, but I could imagine for a police officer, because you guys are like on the front line, you know? Well, not to go to get off the, you know, the, uh, the, the list there, but, yeah. you know, it was real. Like the, the, the that terrorist watch list, you know, I, where I worked, I worked in, um, to give you a little breakdown of what NYPD is, right? Well, right, because this is broken down into three different bureaus, right? You have patrol. You got housing and you got transit. So patrol only, it, it, like you said you grew up in Arnau Avenue, right? Yep. So I would assume that the precinct there, that's the one next to Jacoby Hospital. Right. Okay. Right. That's a patrol precinct. That's patrol bureau. I worked in housing. 
So all I dealt with was with the New York City public housing buildings. Got it. And those issues that surround that. So when sometimes you would think, oh, there's no terrorists in, in the projects, right? Because you kind of know it's just whatever community it is, you always think it's somewhere else. So we used to when we used to work in the and sometimes we had to work inside the precinct and they would give us a list of, of license plates to run in the parking lots of these buildings. So what happens is that security cameras will pan into the parking lots of the, the project buildings, right? If you get a hit that the car was stolen, you have to notify the cops that are out in the field. They got to tow it and get a voucher, right? Um, what happened was one time I remember that they sent me the list of, of, of uh, license plates to run. I used to go on the computer, right? Run the plate. This particular plate was on an FBI watch list. Got it. For terrorism. Wow. I was like, what the hell is this? So we called the number. It's like a, it's like, it, it, and when in, when in contact with this license plate, please call or whatever, FBI field office, blah, blah, blah. And I remember we called and it was like, it was like, oh, no, no, no. Um, yeah, they're just, we're just being, they're just being observed. So there's people out there that have no idea that they were being observed by the FBI. What? Yeah. Yeah. And this is people in the, in, in the projects. So during that time, it, it was, it was, it was crazy because you never know what you, what you run across. Maybe, maybe the FBI didn't want to tell us a, everything because, you know, things are very secretive, right? Yeah. They'll tell us, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. But yet maybe in the background, they're like, this, this plate just came up. This like, is serious. Wh- why, why are they running this plate? What's going on? What are they doing? You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's, it's, it's wow. So that gives a lot of insight. You know how people are, are very paranoid now when they're like um, with their phones and turning off like their, their series and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. people are like so paranoid, like, you know, who's listening and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. You know, because you never know. No. Well, you, you don't. You don't. And then, like, you know, it was, it was, it was, you know, at that level, I only had like a one or two years on. So you, when you only have one or two years on, you think everything's a big deal, you know, but they didn't see it as a big deal. Well, so then, well, that's one of the things you learn is like, well, maybe a big deal for somebody else is not a big deal for somebody else. You know? Right. Right. Interesting. All right. So let me ask you another question. So what would you say are the most rewarding First, rewarding. Second, challenging. What are the most rewarding and challenging aspects of being a police officer for you and your experience? Oh man! So I guess one one of one of the award the rewards of it is that you know when you when you're a cop and you work in especially New York City, right? Um, people have no idea the amount of volume of calls and interactions we have with people when i when i was on patrol you knew you would a- answer a certain amount of calls and you and you, when you answer these calls it, it's not people coming to say hey how you doing you having a good day they come in they call and they want you to solve a problem right and usually the the problems involve a lot of shouting a lot of aggression 
Sometimes it gets physical. So one of the rewarding things will be like you can you, you can navigate through that, right? Uh, where nobody gets hurt, everybody's satisfied on the outcome. Sometimes you you know like uh, not everything results in an, an arrest, right? You kind of let people say their piece. They just want to vent. Sometimes they call us because they want some sort of mediation, right? And if you could provide that and everybody winds up, you know, satisfied and in a safer place, that's rewarding in itself. Right. You know what I mean? Like knowing that you, you responded because they call, you know, people don't, like I said, people don't call because they're happy. The people, because they're, they're upset and they need an outside source to kind of like mediate that, that issue. So just thinking that you done, I've done that thousands of times, you know, over, over the course of a career. So where, basically bringing the peace in a very difficult situation, helping people think with reason. Yes, but with with peace also comes drama. Sometimes, like, you know, the rewarding thing is, too, is that uh, sometimes people didn't leave happy. Sometimes people left in handcuffs. Yeah. You know? And it's, it, it, it is traumatic for, for when there's kids at home. That, and that's that's the major part. Like sometimes you would try to like tell people like well, I remember you respond to these calls and you know that you have an ar an arrest in your hands, right? Probable cause that there was a felony or there was a misdemeanor committed here. Right. I can't I can't by law I cannot leave this house because there are people here that might get hurt, right? That's by law. I can't do that. I can't just leave. So it's your responsibility to make sure everybody's safe. Right. Right. So sometimes you would talk to, and I got to be straight. So 95% of the time is the guys. The guys are the, the, the aggressors. They're, yeah. the, they're the ones that, that like to put hands on the women and the kids and stuff like that. And those are the ones that we have to remove. And some, a, a lot of times, a lot of times, um, just talking to people in a rational way. And because you don't you don't want kids to see like their I don't know like their brother getting locked up or their their father getting locked up or whoever whoever the male figure in the house you don't want even the mom but and you don't want the little kids to see that right um so I I remember there was a lot of times we'd kind of talk to the guy but like listen um you're gonna get arrested I, I I'm telling you because you have kids here just put them in the other room right most of the time it's it's good sometimes they don't go that great sometimes when they hear they're gonna get arrested they go crazy oh man you know what i mean but it's just like just like just if i was able to get compliance that's the biggest thing that's that's rewarding going back to the question that's also rewarding in itself because you get yourself in a situation where where, where tensions are high and people are hostile and then angry and then mad. But if you're able to get them calm and ease, you know, ease their fears and their anxieties and you're able to do what you have to do, that's, that's a reward in itself. Would you say that that, that that is like the best advice to give to citizens that if they ever find themselves in, in an unfortunate situation like that is to comply partner with the police officer try not to escalate it any further because i know for me personally like if i get pulled over or something like that the first thing out of my mouth is always like yes sir yes sir no problem 
you know, and I work with them. You know what I mean? Because uh, so I could imagine that. Um, it well, I don't want to speak for you, mm. so you tell me. Mm. So, you know, it's a good question because uh, you you know who you are. You know you're a good guy, right? Right. I don't know you're a good guy, right? You know, if I stop you for whatever reason, if, if like I'll, I'll keep it simple. Maybe you're not driving. Maybe you're you're in front of your your building drinking a beer. Yeah. You know, I'm the way I'm going to approach you. I'm going to be a little defensive because I don't know who you are. What I know off the back is that you're committing a violation. Right. right? No, nobody wants a bunch of people drinking in front of the building. Right. Right. It's because it just creates an environment where people get loud, they get stupid and they fight. Right. Right. So now I'm already thinking, okay, you're already you already kind of, you may not, in your head, that's not what you're doing. In my head, I'm thinking, well, I don't know this guy. I'm going to, when I talk to him, I'm going to be a little uh, firm, right? Um, and I just need you to know that I don't know who you are. So if, if I approach you in a way that's a little, not harsh, but if I, I'm very direct and I'm not smiling. One thing I never did, if I was going to give somebody a summons. It wasn't a joke. Right. You know what I mean? I know some cops would be like, oh, it's not that serious. I used to hate that. Sometimes I, the cops would do it. Oh, it's not that serious. It's only $20. Right. That's them trying to kind of like l- limit what's going on. Alleviate the situation. Right. Because maybe it, helped, it has helped them in the past. And maybe the people would be like, oh, yeah, it's only $20. But me, I'm, it's more like, can I just get your ID? You know, you're not supposed to be drinking. You mm-hmm. know? Um you know, there's times you give people, you know, breaks and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I don't want to joke with you either because it's, it's it's not fair to you. Because if I'm joking with you and I give you the summons, you right. know, because, you know, there's parts where, like, you, you've been pulled over. Yeah. And the guy was cool with you, whatever. And yeah. then you're thinking all is well. And then he comes back with a summons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I that's not how I navigate it either. If, if I approached you. It was more likely that I was going to give you a summons. Right. Right? Because if I was going to be, if I was going to have discretion, I wouldn't have approached you. Right. Because what happens if, if I approach you and I didn't want to write the summons for whatever reason, then you start mouthing off and then it, it got, then it, it went to a place where I didn't want it to go. So I kind of put myself into that, that, that position. Right. Right. So your, your, your whole thing is if my intention is not. To, to give you this summons, then I'm not going to invest my energy into the situation. Just leave it alone. Yeah. If you're going to give discretion regardless, then, you know, just maybe if you, if you, if you kind of want them to put it away, you'd be like, you know, you give them like a, like a, like a hand signal, like kind of throw it away, whatever. But for the most part, you don't, you don't want to engage if you're not going to go all the way. Mm. Funny story. I remember me and Marquise got pulled over once. And the cop comes over and he goes, he comes to the car. And he goes, you guys been drinking? <laughs> Marquise goes, soda. Oh, boy. <laughs> I had a Pepsi. <laughs> Let me get the back of this guy's smart ass over here. <laughs> no, no, but no, I have a lot of respect because I know that I know it's it's an intense job. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's you know, like I said, it's a it's a lot of interaction. It's a lot of interaction with a lot of people. Just, you know, I was I was trying to figure out how could I sum it up, right? And it's 
it's, it's like uh um as a cop what you do is you you you're managing disrespect right yeah. you manage disrespect and then you mediate between the crazies and the stupids <laughs> okay you know it's it's because when when somebody calls the police it's because they felt disrespected in some way right right the ultimate disrespect is when somebody puts hands on you right can we agree that that's yeah absolutely right so you call the police now i got to i got to manage this okay what am i going to do do i do i let them walk freely do i just talk to them you know is somebody going to jail right and then you know that and those were with strangers now the mediation of the you know the stupids and the crazies those are the the people like your neighbors right so you know in the building right you have uh you were telling me earlier right <laughs> you're doing a podcast you know and the person's doing their laundry <laughs> come on you're that ruining, you're ruining my sound here <laughs> you know and some people you know you'd be surprised what people will call for like you know like stuff like that you know like the oh really absolutely like, get out of here like i said like i, I was in the uh i was a, a housing cop right i dealt with only the issues in the projects and a lot of times the issues in the projects is was what it is a lot of music a lot of hanging out right um you know sometimes <laughs> the kids will play basketball like you could have a neighbor in, in the top floor right above you the kid playing basketball in his house, dribbling the ball. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, damn. They call the police for that. <laughs> they will, and that's a common thing. It's happening right now as we speak. Somewhere somebody's calling. And and what do you do? You gotta you gotta navigate through that because sometimes you gotta you know, you gotta go to the person and be like, you know, he's a kid. You know, I told him. Yeah, but I told him you know not to do that. You know, it's 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 a lot of that. It's just a managing See, That's crazy to me because when I hear that, I'm like so a police officer is being pulled away to handle a basketball dribbling incident when something probably more serious is happening where they will be okay. needed. You know? now, now you now you got into a topic here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now that I'm retired, I can tell the story. But people don't know how serious it is when you when you call the cops for some pettiness. Right. Yeah. Um, or people don't know, like, you know, the there's only a certain amount of cops out to manage a, a population of people like in the tens of thousands because the precincts are broken down into zones, right? Yeah. So there are zones that have a large, they will have a bunch of buildings. Like for instance, like the, like in the projects, one building, especially like Castle Hill houses, right? One building could have like 22 floors, 20 floors. Oh Yeah. It, I used to hang out on Casa Hills. I know, yeah. Right. So each floor would have about, let me see, three, like twelve apartments. Mm-hmm. So twenty floors times twelve apartments, right? Now you're talking about what was it? You do the math, smart guy. <laughs> 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 Whatever. You, you extrapolate that into now a whole big area. Now you're dealing with thousands of people, you know, and yeah. it's it's you you you're you're constantly like you know managing that crowd of people all the time. And, uh, and it's just insane. And then one of them is calling you about somebody dribbling a oh, basketball. No, no. Okay. So then, like I was saying, uh, I remember there was a there was a call one time. And, oh damn! Uh, and, it, and it wasn't it wasn't that the call was uh, um, nonsense, but this this happens all the time because uh, uh, you know there's a limited amount of cops that could be out, 
Uh, I remember there was one time um, we, we got a call for a person. I, I believe um, it, it was like a, a call for a person who was emotionally disturbed. Okay. Right? So those calls for us is a priority. For, for the EMS personnel, not so much. You know, because when somebody's emotionally disturbed, you have to respond and you got to make sure that they're not a danger to themselves or to others. Like one example would be somebody who maybe, uh, maybe drank too much. Right. Right. And they're like breaking things in the house. They just, they're not there in the mind. Mm -hmm. Right. Or a person who's taking, uh, meds and is off their meds and they're not right. So we, so we, we get two calls at the same time, two calls. So one call is that, and then there's another call. It's, it's labeled as calls for help. And it's not really somebody saying, oh, call, I need help. What it is is somebody um, had the phone off the hook. Oh. So you, you remember back in the day when we had like phones uh, in the house, and it, it, you, if you get it off the receiver, it would... Uh, it would go bam, 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 bam. Uh, 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 yes. Uh, uh. So when the phone is left off the hook, that that phone, that that line gets rerouted to nine one one. Oh, really? Right. I didn't know that. Right, because what happens is that we don't know if somebody's actually meant to call the police, and the phone was left off the hook. So it's it's like a safety measure that you know what somebody. Made an attempt to call somebody, but they left the phone off the hook. So we want to make sure that's not a safety thing. Nine out of ten times, we used to respond to those jobs, and it was used to be kids playing with the phone. Right? You know, kids used to pick up the phone and whatever, leave the phone off the receiver. Nine out of ten times. This time, so we, we respond to the to the call for the for the uh, the emotionally disturbed guy. Then we, after we're done with that, right? We take our time going to the second job, you know, we're thinking like, oh, it's probably somebody, some kid, like, like I said, nine out of ten times, there's somebody's kids who's playing with the phone. Right. So we, we go there and we, we notice that, um, there's a lady on the floor. Right. You know, there's a lady on the floor and then, uh, she's not responding. She's not responsive. We're like touching the lady. We're like, oh, oh shit. snaps. This lady dead. She died. Oh damn! So the the lady, I think in this incident, right, her intention was probably to call somebody, maybe call nine one one, probably to call somebody because she wasn't feeling good. So oh man! So because the call got rerouted back to nine one one, we responded, and the lady's dead. So just imagine, like if um you know if the other call was some nonsense call I had to deal with, right? Yeah, I could maybe maybe those seconds, maybe those minutes that I we could have saved, maybe we could have done CPR. You know, I can't play those games now. Like I, we just never know. But there's a lot of times where you get multiple calls at the same time, and you have to prioritize them. Yeah. So anybody out there that has called the police over silliness, you need to stop that because there's serious matters happening that you're getting in the way of. You know, and, and you know, and that could be your mom, that could be your sister, that could be your brother. You wow, know? I, Mark, I have I've had calls where where the mom will call on their kids because the kids brought turtles home. <laughs> what? <laughs> I I've had calls where the kids fail their regents. You get calls for kids who don't want to go to school. 
And the parents call the police? Yes, sir. Get out of here. Yes. It's happening right now. Yes. What's the intention for you to come talk to, to yes. the child? It's, 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 you know, it's, it's bad parenting. You know, they, they're frustrated. You know, they can't handle it. So they try to leverage the cop's authority to get what they want. You know, that's me now. World. This is psychological now because, you know, you get a lot of that. And you get a lot of that. It's a lot of nonsense like that. Um, and like I said, it's, it's navigating, you know, navigating between the, the crazies and the, and the, and the dum-dums. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so guys, you know, that's definitely information too. I, I wanted to ask you this question. Is... Are there like codes that people can use when they're calling 911? Like, let's say they can't speak freely. Like, is there other things that you're aware of that they could say to let somebody know they're in danger? You know, they, they, you know, when they started a program, uh, right when I was like the last couple of years I was there, uh, you could text 911 now. Yeah. I don't know. That's fairly new. Like, cause you know, like if, if something's happening in the house, of course you're not going to pick up the phone. Like, yeah, he's here. He just hit me. Right. You know, they you're trying to find ways to do it discreetly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. One of the ways was, was text, like text 911 and then they get rerouted. Like that text will get rerouted to the dispatcher and then we'll, we'll go to the scene. Um, but you know, we, you can get deeper with it because I used to be, I used to be in a, in a unit. And I wasn't always on patrol. Like, like my first seven years on the job, I was on patrol. So I was dealing with calls like that. Then when I went into a unit, I was in the domestic violence unit. Um, now we have more strategies on how to keep people safe. Right. So a woman, yes. Yeah, so sometimes they try to get like programs where women would have like, I remember there was one they tried to do where if you were like a, I don't want to say victim of domestic violence, but if, it, if you were, if you were going through like a domestic violence situation, they used one of the organizations. They used to say, "Have somebody tell them to paint their pinky uh, purple." That oh, was like a subliminal, yeah. like I'm. I'm so that's a way of communicating right. without saying it. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it was so much drama with that. I remember going to apartments, and you know, the call was made from inside that apartment. Right. And you see somebody open the door and they're crying and they're like, no, I didn't call the police. I didn't call the police. You know? And I'm like, yeah, you did because the call comes back here. Right. You know, it's not like your neighbor called. And sometimes the neighbors do call, but it's like, no, the call came back here. Something's up. So it's behind the door. That's where the monster is. Yep. You know, because one of the goals, right? One of the goals as a cop is to get behind the door. You want we want to see what's going on. You know, cuz um you know, a lot of times we're in the hallway and you know, if somebody's just cracking door to open this much, you don't you can't see the disaster behind it. The guy could be behind the door saying, you know, <laughs> I'm doing this. Um you know, they do like a motion like I'm going to cut your neck, right? So yeah, that he, happens. He did the motion, but you know we're not video yet, guys. We will be soon, though. Not, not yet. <laughs> 2024, guys. <laughs> Tune in. So uh, yeah, so the goal, the goal when cases like that is like you, you got to try your best to get inside the apartment, um, because uh, 
without information, you can't do much. And we can't just bombard ourselves in the apartment. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit because I know some people are confused about like warrants, search warrants and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So if you allow me. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. this is this is really good information for everybody out there. But I just want to repeat what you mm -hmm. said, you know, you know, in terms of um, domestic violence situations, when I hear about stuff like that, it kind of it's heartbreaking because, you know, I think of when I come home, this is my place of peace. This is my safe place. And for a lot of people, it isn't a safe place. It's where they're in mo the most danger. Right. And that's really, really sad. But I think I think it's um a good tip that you can either text 911 or you can paint your fingernail purple, you said? Well, yeah, that was one of the strategies. There's, there's a lot of other strategies, though. We we, we we had we had a couple of programs that it, it was very big. So we there are families out there who 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 just live that life. They can't get rid of their abuser. The abuser lives in the house, and you know th that's the life that they live. They just can't get out of it. Wow. And a lot of times, what we do, we have these lists. We have a list of families of of people who just need that extra attention. Yeah. And um, the extra attention would be me uh, paying a visit more often, knock on the door. Hey, is everything all right? You know we're here, right? Where is where is such and such? Oh, okay. All right. But everything's good, right? You kind of like, you trying to let, let them know that you're there. And if anything new happens, you got to let us know. Cause yeah. See, these, I, like, I like hearing stories like that because these are the stories that people don't realize police officers are doing. That they're just checking on people, making sure people are safe, you know, and doing whatever they can within limitations of what they are able to do to look out for people. So, you know, I think that's important. Yeah, no. Um, you know, uh, one, of, one of the biggest things in, in our unit was that, you know, if there was a report, if there was a report made for somebody to be arrested, we would try to get that guy. Yeah. Or, or girl, you know, or whoever, you know, uh. And a lot of times we would have to go and find them. And a lot of times they were home. Now, I'll knock on the door, right? You knock on the door and you're hoping that such and such will open the door. Especially the person who's, who's wanted, right? And, uh, you know, legally, right? Now we're talking about like uh, your, um, what do they call it? Not, not human rights. So... <laughs> What do you call it? Your, um, oh, Lord, uh, the constitutional rights. Oh, okay. Right, the constitutional, constitutional rights. rights. So I can't just barge in there and just, like, you know, pin you down, like, you know, like in the movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's um what they call the threshold. The threshold is the the space between their apartment and the hallway. Got so it. The, the goal, the goal for me, I need you to... I need you to get past that threshold. I need to be in front of your door into the hallway. Because if you're in the hallway, I got you. Now I could put hands on you and I could put the handcuffs on you. If you're the in the hallway of the apartment, you mean the hallway no, outside the, the apartment? Right. Remember, I'm um, you're talking I'm, about buildings. I'm thinking in terms of buildings. That's, that's, that was my world. So the, you have the hallway of the building. Right? Got it. Got it. You know, like in the, in the projects, like the you got those big steel doors mm -hmm. and. You know, they will open the door, but most people open the door, like, they crack it, you know, like with the chain, like, yeah. you know, and they're looking, like, 
So the goal is to have that person come outside in the hallway. Because then legally, now, now you're in public space. You're not in your private home. I got you. Right? So that was the goal. You like like you always want people to step out step out the hallway or you can game, right? If you had the gift of gab, you can make your way inside the apartment. You have to be invited. It's like a it's like you, you like a vampire? You, yes. <laughs> you you know Lost Boys, right? Yeah. Max could only come in if he was invited. <laughs> Hey, he that the only way is that you invite the vampire inside your house. And if you invited me in and I had probable cause, I got you. Got it. And I'll and I'll tell you a, a little quick funny story. All right. <laughs> so I remember there was a guy that was wanted, right? And uh, we, we kind of we we had a feeling we knew that he was in the house, right? So me and my partner, we um we we. We knock on the door. Yeah. We knock on the door. Now, the person that opened the door was his mother. Now, this is a, a, a grown man. This guy would probably, I would say, maybe in his late 40s. Oh, wow. So, he was, you know, late 40s living with his mom. Okay. So, um, she, the mom opened the door. Now, the mom is like, if I had to describe the mom, uh, you know, family matters? Yeah. You know the grandmother? Yeah. Like that look? Like that she was about to go to church on Sunday? <laughs> and she had that little hat? So, you know, she, she goes, she opened the door. She goes, hey, baby. <laughs> what are you guys doing here? And, uh, you know, like, you know, you kind of like gear your approach on the energy that you get. Right. So I was like, okay, this is a nice lady. Yeah. Let me, and yeah. clearly, this is her house. Yeah. You know? So I was like, oh, hey, how, how are you? You know, we were just here because we wanted to talk to, let's say, Michael. I don't remember his name, but let's say, yeah, we wanted to talk to Michael, you know, you know, we just want to get some information. She's like, she said, oh, okay, sure, he's he's in the back. And I was like, okay, um, would you, you mind if we come in? Sure, baby, come on in. Oh, that was like a sweetheart. Well, and I'm yeah. looking at my partner, I was like, oh, God, this lady, <laughs> she don't know what she just did. She invited Max over. <laughs> Vampire Max. Anyway, so we walk inside the apartment, and, uh, and you know, it's like one of these apartments that have, like, like two bedrooms. Yeah. You know, and, like, his bedroom was, like, a mess. In, he is in the bedroom on his bed with his lady. He, he's on the bed, very comfortable with a, with, a, with a girlfriend that he had there. I remember they were watching, like, Friday on DVD. <laughs> Right? The Ice Cube movie? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I hear Chris Tucker in the background. They're like, I'll knock you away, whatever. You hear all that in the background. You so, got knocked <laughs> So you hear, you hear, like, I'm there, and he's just, like, looking at his, and he's like, Mom, why you let these mother effers inside the apartment? <laughs> he's like, he's pissed. Right. But at that point, what are you going to do? Right. You know, I... I you were invited I, in. I was invited in. Right. You know, and that's the goal. The goal. And those are the situations where it went well because nobody, like I said, nobody got hurt. Um, we did things legally, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, he wound up getting arrested and, you know, he had to see Friday maybe a little later on. <laughs> wow. Wow. So that kind of, it kind of tells you that the mom probably had no idea what was going on. Well, you know, like, I, you know, I, I, I would remember if the mom had a problem with it. I think the 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 guy's life was so like uh, like a mess that she probably she probably knew like something wasn't right. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember her saying, oh, what? Why you guys are doing this? Why why you got to take him out of here? That I would have remembered. But uh, maybe maybe she needed a couple hours to herself. She was like, good. Maybe she was like, he needs to get out my apartment <laughs> right now. Exactly. This guy's <laughs> eating all my food, drinking all my beer. <laughs> all right. So let's see. So I'm going to ask you another question. That's hilarious. That's a good story, man. Oh, man. I got more, man. <laughs> Please. She was like, all right. I got to get this man out of my apartment. Yeah. A lot of... A lot of you know, a lot of women, <laughs> a lot of women just want that time out. Yeah. You know, something does happen, right? There, There is maybe a crime that has occurred. And, you know, in the back of their mind, they know that this this is not going to end their relationship. But they do need a time out. And that time out usually will be the guy either leaving to take a walk or them leaving, going to, to jail. Because wow. most, most of the time, like when... The women, they get time to reflect and they'll be like, yeah, you know what? It wasn't that serious. You know, I won't press charges. And if you don't press charges, the guy, he he gets dismissed and he gets released. You know? So I think that's a good clarification for people. If someone gets arrested, but there's no charges pressed and right. there's no record, there's no historical. A- exactly. Anything. So in my, in my unit, um, you know, there was a lot of different ways we try to get people. We, for the most part, we wanted people to actually turn themselves in voluntarily and what i mean by that it was like you call them and you tell them listen we know something happened um you know there was a report made against you just come to the precinct and and then you kind of like stroke them as far as like uh like timetables like listen you come on your own time yeah you know but i'm letting you know that i know what's going on um i know this i always this, this used to be my line it's like i always know there's three sides to the story you know and so that kind of like it eases them like you know and is that the your story his story and the truth yeah yeah i because i i I didn't want them to feel like uh when they came to the precinct i didn't want them to be aggravated or hostile i wanted to be the cool the 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 cool cop that they could talk to yeah you know what i mean because if i call them i said listen you need to come in now right what's gonna happen they're gonna shut down on me yeah and the reason why i know is because it happened to me you know, you you learn you you learn how to how to you know everything is, is psychological. You know, people want to feel at ease, right. and if you got it, you got to give somebody the impression that they're in control. Yeah, but they're not really in control. Right. But they but you give them the impression, or at least at least feel like they're being treated in a certain way, right. respectfully. Yeah. Dignity. Yeah. You treat them with dignity, and for the most part, like you, you 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 as long as you treat somebody with dignity, then there goes the respect. Yeah. Is it when you talk to people like garbage, they'll be like, F you, I'm not right. coming in. Yeah. You, you, how, how can you be surprised by a negative reaction if you're being disrespectful? Right. And, yeah. I'm disrespectful you on the phone. Imagine how am I going to be face to face. Right. My goal is to get you here. Yeah. To end this, to, to close out the report. Right. And move on to the next one. Got it. Got it. So I remember... Um, when I used to hang out with your family a lot, I remember that there were, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember like on New Year's and stuff like that and certain holidays, I would be like, where's Alexis? And they're like, ah, he's got to work. He's working. He's doing a double, right? So tell me, and I used to always think to myself, wow, that must be intense. So tell me a little bit about the hours that you had to do and you know like what was that like um so if 
I'm a 19 year old kid thinking mm-hmm. of being a police officer. Mm-hmm. What kind of hours should I anticipate? Okay, this this is a good question because even even when I was a cadet, I was still kind of clueless of the inner workings, right? Because when I was a cadet, even though I was in the police department, you know everything is there's there's clicks, you know, and then it, sometimes when there's clicks, you get missed out on some information. And uh, when when I when I became a cop, I didn't. Wait, what what do you mean by clicks? So you know, like when you're a cadet. Right. Yeah. That's like you're not even a rookie. You're like low level. You don't talk to nobody. You know, it's like a, it's like a it's like a hierarchy. It's like you, you, you're the you're the new guy. You don't talk to anybody. Yeah. You know? That was that that time. So if I had questions about about the job, like, you know, I, I, maybe there will be some times where I felt timid to ask. So I kind of missed out on that information. You know what I mean? That's why I, this is good for the podcast for people who want to like know about the job because there's some information that may help you want to join the the police department or maybe I have enough information that make you be like, yeah, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> you know? Right. Like right. I think that's so important right. because it gives them an idea of what they're getting themselves into. Right. So let me tell you about the hours. Okay. So the hours are the eight hours. You work eight hours and thirty five minutes. When you're on patrol, for the most part, you work eight hours, 30, 35 minutes. So you want to say it's a nine hour day, right? Okay. If you want to round up. So it's a nine hour day. You work five days and you get two days off. Then What you, what time do you typically start? If I'm a brand new rookie and I oh, just started, what yes, time yes. am I starting? Man, when you're a brand, when you're a brand new new rookie you are going to work the late hours like when i started i worked from 6 p.m uh-huh. to 2 35 p.m oh i'm sorry 2 35 a.m wow right so we used to call them six to twos so you when you're a rookie you're going to work nights yeah. because that's where the crime is you know the, the the job the job does well knowing where to target the targets they know the times they know the places and most shootings, everything's about shootings. Most shootings happen between the hours from 6 p.m. to to 3 a.m. And as a rookie, you're not in a car, right? You're on foot. Um. Yes. When 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 the, depending, like like when when I was a rookie, I was on foot for a year, and being foot for a year is it was a, that was an experience because you know you you kind of you get a sense of who's who. Um. It's like being in high school. Yeah. If I had to like the, the oh, you mean clicks like that, like like no, no. What I'm I'm talking about, I'm talking about the people in the in the hood now. Got it. So it's like you you know who who's a problem. You know the you know who are the uh, the people who are not a problem, the decent ones. You know, um, you 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 get you know names of the like the players or like who are the the shooters, the the, the drug dealers. You and now you're not you you get intimate with the names. Oh, that's such and such. Oh, look what he's doing. Let's follow him. Let's see what he's he's up to. So when you're on foot, um, you know you're limited because you're on foot. When you're in the car, you, you're very mobile. You can go from point A to point B. Uh, but being on foot was it was it was good. It was a good experience. Now nobody wants to be on foot when you have 15, 20 years. Right. But as far as like if 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 you want to learn, you know, just knowing that. There's hierarchies even in, in in the gang culture, right? They got they got they got they got 
workers, they got lieutenants, they got, you know, there's a hierarchy. Yeah. The, the OGs, the big homies, the little homies, mm-hmm. right? They, and then they got gangs, right? And cliques. NYPD doesn't like to use the word gangs. They like to say uh, crews. Crews. Right? Because they say, you know, NY, uh, LAPD has a gang problem. We got a crew problem. It's all the same crap. <laughs> it's all the same crap. It's just, you know, they're trying to just differentiate. Um, so the hours for a new guy, he's definitely going to work nights. Um, remember, NYPD is a seven-day, 24-hour operation. So the coverage is, is all day, all night. So once you, when you're a new guy, you're going to work probably from 6 a.m. to 2.30 in the morning. Um, once you start getting a little time on, you may want to prefer working maybe a uh not now the regular shifts like because the six to two is like a that's like a special shift that's like for the new guys that really to target like the, the crime yeah but the real reality is there's three shifts there's the day shift right that's from 705 to 340 p.m right and then the four to 12 i did four to 12 for like five years yeah five years the four to twelve shift. That's the middle of the day. That's when you get the most calls. That's that's that's. So that's rougher than the the other shift you mentioned. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, four to twelve is definitely more busy because for the most part, at two o'clock in the morning, people are sleeping. Yeah. You know, in the middle of the day, people are out they're driving, they're going to school. They. You know. Well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking two o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking you're probably dealing with a lot of drunks, like people coming home from clubs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, like because I was a housing cop. We didn't really deal with that kind of crowd, that party driving oh, crowd. We I dealt see. with the the the, the, neighborhood. the 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 neighborhood gang problems that 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 were that were associated to whatever neighborhood you know we were working in. But so you work the day shift, that's seven oh five to three forty. The four to twelve is from three o'clock to eleven thirty five p.m. And then the midnight shift is from eleven fifteen p.m. No, yeah, eleven fifteen. PM, yes. To seven fifty in the morning. That's a tough. That's a tough. That that one I never did. Now I I've done it like. Oh, so you have input. You can say I don't want to do that shift. You can say that. You could, but it's 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 like they say it's the needs of the department. Like if they really need you to be there, you're gonna be there. Um, I I never desire to work a midnight shift. Midnight. That's like you, you're you're you basically not sleeping in your house, right? You know, the first ten years of my job, I, I was coasting. You know, I didn't I didn't have kids. Like my first five years, I was single. You know, I wasn't married. My fifth year, I got married. Then five more years, even though that five years of marriage, the first five years, I didn't have kids. So I already had ten years of no kids and relatively uh, newly married, right? Now, for those out there who want to be a cop, um, the hours are, is it is going to put a strain on your relationship. That's why, like I said, like the first 10 years I coasted because I was single and I didn't have kids. My 10th year going forward, it was difficult because now I had kids. I had, I had kids and my 10th year in the job. So, you know, taking days off was going to be a little difficult because I'm not that flexible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So if you're, if you're, if you're single, not married, don't have kids, you you're more flexible in what hours you do. Like if they put you, they tell you to go to midnight, you do midnight. You do four to twelve, you do four to twelve, right? Because you got nobody really to kind of like uh, take care of. 
But, um, you know, it, it does put a strain on a lot of people's marriages because of those hours. And then, like, the days off. Like, you get, like, a Tuesday off, a Wednesday off. When your wife may be at work or, yeah. Yeah. And, and imagine working, like, a midnight. A midnight. Like, you're sleeping all day and you're tired. And then you got to, you know, then at night you're not home for your yeah. kids and your wife. So the sacrifices that it, you have it, to make. It's a big sacrifice. So, you know, you talked about the holidays earlier. This was the first, uh, this past uh, New Year's Eve was the first, I think, uh, maybe in 10 years that I was home. New Year's Eve, even as, as a guy with time on, right? As, a, as the, the, the guy that with the most seniority, I still had to come in on New Year's Eve. And like you said, New Year's Eve, you know. Yeah, like, I used to be like, where's Alexis? Yeah, I'm, I'm working. I, this was the, and the, the only reason why I was off because I'm retired. <laughs> if I didn't retire, I would have worked. Yeah. So, yeah, ho- holidays, forget it. Say goodbye. Really? Yeah, say goodbye for a long time. So, so the the neighborhood is really connected to who's the police officers patrolling their neighborhood, right, in a sense? So, is it is it to the level that if you're a rookie... Their neighborhood knows you're a rookie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They know only because um, you have a look, right? Your, your uniform is like really pressed, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. like y- y- you look young, right? When when I was a uh, when I was a rookie, you know, I was 22, and uh, you know, when I was 22, I looked like I was 15. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then like you you. you you know, I don't have size, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, you know, I I always I knew that, you know, just visually I wasn't gonna be intimidating, but I had to be I had to work on my 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 uh people skills. <laughs> you know, I had to work on how you know how to approach people, how to how to talk to people. Right. De escalate. That that's huge. How was that that first week on the job where you're on foot? Is that a scary feeling? Is it like no, a, You know what's funny? It, wait, actually, let me ask you this mm-hmm. real quick. Like, for example, when I used to do, like, the martial arts stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I Right before I would get there, or if I was doing a DJ gig, or if I was doing a, a big meeting at work or that was, like, very challenging, like, right before sometimes I would say to myself, what did I get myself into? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So is that kind of the feeling you have like your first week on the job when you're in the neighborhood and you're on foot? Are you like, what did I get myself into? For me? No, only because like, because I'm from the city. Yeah. And I, I, there was a lot of cops who had culture shock, right? There's some, 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 a lot of, a lot of guys who, a lot of guys from the city, you know what I mean? You, you know, and they know what it was. Um, there's other guys who weren't really from from the city and they just didn't understand like how can people just hang out to like four o'clock in the morning like just hang in front of the building yeah it it, it was like mind-blowing to them and um you know i i you know growing up in the city you know that's normal yeah that that's normal so you know like um you see a group of guys in front of a building late night uh it didn't bother me you know personally you know it it would bother me if i got a call and i got to deal with it Right, but like, just seeing it, like, like some I know some guys will be like, oh, "What the hell is this?" this is, uh, you know, they, they, it's, it's a it's a culture shock. Yeah, but um, for the most part, like, no, it, I was okay because I was kind of kind of used to it. You know, I I I actually picked where I wanted to go. Like, I wanted housing. Most people didn't want housing because they didn't want to deal with 
with the with the, the drama the yeah. drama of the projects and new york city housing and and, and and like what that comes with it you know um i know it gets a bad rap <laughs> you know i know we're gonna talk about hip-hop later but yeah for sure most of the best you know best mcs come from the projects for you know sure. what i mean and and you know like that's 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 the life they talk about it's the life that i saw right i got a front row ticket to that i it's 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 something wow i could imagine i could imagine have you ever had like um like maybe one of your partners or maybe not a partner but maybe just a fellow officer that was more like frightened their first week and you had to like talk to them be like look you're gonna be fine this is no. what you need to know everybody i work with was solid man that's dope yeah everybody was solid like you know like uh like I said, some some people were were um, he just didn't understand like you know why why do people talk the way they talk? What you know why did they do the things they do? They were just like that's weird. Like okay, so remember I told you about disrespect? Yeah. Okay, I I have to talk about this because I've been thinking about this. So w people don't know like in the hood, right? There's a constant loop of disrespect. Right, it's a constant loop, yeah. and a lot of times people don't see it because they're, they're, um, they're, 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 um, what do you call it when you're, um, when you're so used to it, you're accustomed to it, you're accustomed to it, and you're numb to it, right? You don't even you're know, like immune to it. You don't even know that you would disrespect it because it was so normal for you. And I'll give you an example, right? I remember when my first week. It's like you're desensitized. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's all those colorful words. Yeah. <laughs> right. You, you you see it and it doesn't phase you, but it in in a sense it is rooted in in your brain, and sometimes you you don't even know it how it affects you. And I'm gonna tell you. So like that first week, I remember. Uh, you know when you when you're a cop, you kind of like you want to set a tone, you know, like especially you're on you're on foot because when you're on foot, uh these guys are seeing you every day and and i'm not talking about guys like knuckleheads i'm talking about these guys have done time these guys have, these guys have shot people before they, they'll put hands on their mothers they'll put hands on the, anybody right right so you know i remember one time we were just standing in front of the building right we just like lamp, two lampposts there and uh because you know you, you just want to observe and you, you see and we, we see like a bunch of guys First of all, they're sitting on a car, right? That's normal in the hood, right? You see a bunch of people sitting in your car. Yeah. Right? So it's not disrespectful uh, to them, right? But but, it's, but it, that's my car. But if that's your car, now they're disrespecting your property. Yeah. So that's disrespect number one, like what, what the constant loop that you see. They, they're not doing it consciously thinking they're being disrespectful. Absolutely. But they're being disrespectful. Yeah, the intention is not to be disrespectful. It's right. just what... It's the it, normal it, behavior. It's, yeah. it's, what, it's what they saw. It's what they do. And if if and this is where next level disrespect will come. Let's say you come back and you, you that's your car. Yeah. The next level disrespect would be they don't get off your car maybe, you know, fast enough. Yeah. You're you're opening the door and they're still in the hood and I seen that really you know what what, what disrespect is that right that's that you're crazy. opening your door yeah and they're still on your hood right so that's a hole behavior <laughs> major butthole. <laughs> um so 
you know, you know, with disrespect, right? What are some of the common emotions that you get with when you feel disrespected? Like what what's one of the what's one of the major ones when you feel disrespected? How do you feel? Um anger, my yes. my initial reaction is to strike back. Anger. That's the human right. emotion. Anger and what breeds anger? Right? Maybe an argument. Right? Yeah. It breeds an argument. It breeds hostility. Or maybe you're going and you're telling them, hey, fellas, that's my car. And they're looking at you like you're bothering them. Right. Right. Uh, another form of disrespect is just disregarding. Yeah. When you feel disregarded, you feel disres disrespected, right? That's like yeah. when, when you're talking to somebody and they turn their back on you. Oh, yeah. Right. What, what is the first thing you say? Oh, I, that's disrespectful. Yeah. So it's this constant loop of disrespect. So I would see like these guys um, sitting on a car and, um, you know, somebody's going inside their car and, you know, the person doesn't say anything. That's another uh, emotion of disrespect is also fear. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you get disrespected and you like you don't react because there's a, of course, it's just you versus five, six guys. Right. So there's a level of fear there because you like, OK, if I say something that was going to happen. Yeah, you can't fight six guys. You right. Know? So fear also gets breed. Uh, it's another emotion that gets bred through through disrespect. So I would see these guys on the car eating Chinese food. Wow. Right. Damn, they're taking it to whole. Yes. Another level. So then I remember they're eating Chinese food and, you know, like the, the stereotypical Chinese styrofoam. Yeah. Yeah. Right. With, with, the, with the red light. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like the I know. What you're yeah, talking yeah. About. So yeah. the 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 guy he he eats Chinese food and then he just drops it on the floor, and like you see like the chicken bones fall on the floor, the the bits of rice on the floor. Yeah, and like he did it right in front of us. I remember he did it right in front of us. So it was like, so he was not only disrespecting the person; he's purposely disrespecting you guys too. Well, okay, yes, he. That was a, right, like. A, so I I want to put myself on the low end of this. The disrespect he just disrespected now everybody. Yeah. Now people gotta. Who wants to see Chinese food, a styrofoam Chinese food on the floor? Decent people don't want to see that. Especially if you just work the full shift and you're tired and you're coming home and it happens to be right by where your house is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, and then you got the maintenance workers there that that they have jobs. You know, the, the job is to pick up not. Like God, you just disrespect everybody and you don't even know it because you're, you're numb to it, yeah. right? So I remember talking to my partner and I was like, yo, we're going to have to talk to this guy. We're going to have to talk to him. Yeah. So I remember like, you know, the conversation didn't go too well. You know, it was like, oh, fuck that. You know, like, you know what? I'm not picking it up because we told him to pick it up. Right. If you don't pick it up, we're going to give you a summons, right? It was one of those. Yeah. Because um, we first told him, like, just pick it up, right? Because you know you wanna you wanna make it known, like, we're watching, and you're not gonna do this, you know? Because forget us, right? It's just the act of doing it, just like out there in the open, f everybody. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And um, you know, the guy was mouthy, um, and then you know we wound up giving him a summons. But it's this this constant loop of disrespect, you know. It's funny about, I know we're going to talk about hip hop later, but uh, uh, graffiti, right? Graffiti is funny, right? Because yeah. gra graffiti is one of the elements of hip hop, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, graffiti is one of those things where you see a lot, a lot 
right? You, you, especially in the projects, you go inside the building in the elevator yeah. where children go, yeah. right? And the first thing you see is uh, a big, in big black, sharpie black letters, F you, right? It'll be like a big picture of a, a, a male's organ, wow. if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of that. And then, you know, people go in the elevator and they'll look at it and they'll like, some people will complain, right? And what happens when you complain? You take it home, right? You start, oh, you don't know what I saw in the elevator. Somebody did this. Then you got that energy inside the house. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, they pissed inside the elevator. Oh, they, oh why they got to do that? And I got little kids in here. And then the little kids, they see that. I can imagine like if my, my son were to see something like that in the elevator, he'd be like, what is going on here? Yeah. You know, in, in his world, that's not, not normal. Yeah. He's not desensitized to that. That'll probably ruin his day. But these kids, you know, they take it, they take it in, they absorb it, and they don't even know that what it, it builds a certain hostility. They don't even know it. You know what I mean? Because like if you don't if you're not if you don't even know what's disrespectful, you're gonna be disrespectful. Yeah. And you know what's funny? When behavior like that is normalized and it's just the way things are, if somebody was to say Yo, you can't do that. Yo, what are you doing? You can't do that. They look at you like you're the crazy person. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the crazy part. Right. Yeah, because, you know, pe people are so accustomed to this uh, this way of life that, uh, you know, no, no nobody wants to be checked. Yeah. You know, and that's the problem. Like, no, you know, like I said, I told you before, as being a cop, we had to manage that disrespect. We had it. Sometimes you had to check it, and because of that constant loop of disrespect, you wind up getting people who are just angry all the time, right? the The biggest thing, the problem now is social media, right? in in every in in every realm of of now society, social media is a problem, but it's a major problem in the city because now these guys use social media to disrespect each other, right? This was a, a an ongoing thing that we used to see like uh, uh, in the last couple of years that I was on the job. So it'll be like let's say like a gang in Castle Hill, mm -hmm. right? They'll put out a video on um, I guess Instagram, like they're rapping, but they also taunting, right? Uh, taunting is disrespect, right? Can we agree? Oh, for sure. Right. So it's like oh. Them dudes from the other side, blah, blah, blah. They, you know, will ride and, you know, all the types of, of, of words you could rhyme to disrespect, right? And um, the uh, the opposition, right? The op, right? They'll be like, oh, they're talking about us. Let's address it, right? Because they felt what? Disrespected. disrespected yeah. They felt disrespected. And they'll go back to the back to the hood and they'll start shooting, right? Not only will they start shooting, sometimes they film when they jump another guy and they'll post it. Oh, look who we found. Look who we found walking, you know, by himself. Wow. So not only did you get an ass beating, now you had the disrespect of them putting it on social media for the world to see. Yeah, like all that world star stuff. Right. You know, like that's crazy. You know, and like I said, it just breeds a lot of fear. It breeds a lot of rage. It breeds, it breeds a lot of hostility. And, uh, you know... Sometimes they just don't recognize it, you know? and there's a lot of it is what you, what they see. Wow. <laughs> it, I mean, just the more you speak, I'm like, that's a tough job, man. That's no joke, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Respect. Okay, so 
Let's see what else I got for you. I think I've hit you with a lot of intense questions. So we're going to change pace a little bit here. So one thing I know about you is you're a big hip hop fan. Right. Extreme hip hop fan. To the point where, uh, you know, I have memories of when I was at your house and we wanted to listen to old school hip hop, you know. And they were like, boo. Everybody was complaining. <laughs> we're like, this is a great song. You don't understand. So tell me, what is your earliest memory of hearing a hip-hop song uh, okay so i remember i was eight right 88 you know my birthday is easy because i was born in 1980 so it's easy okay. to do the math i was eight it was 1988 and uh i remember my uh my brother you know everything like you get influenced by the people like closest to you right yeah so of course in 1988 i, I didn't i didn't have i didn't know how to get music you know, it was just in the room, right? You, you find a tape and you pop it in. So I remember, uh, they were, my brother had a tape, uh, cassette tape for you millennials. Yes, cassette tapes <laughs> used to be the bomb. You guys I, don't know about it, that. It might have been a Memorex. <laughs> um, so I pop it in, and I was playing, I was playing video games at the time. Yeah, I don't know. Like you know, shout out to my brother, right? Because I remember he scammed my father to buy him a a, a computer of one of those gaming computers, okay, a Commodore sixty four. Yeah, I remember those. And, and I was like, oh, I, I'm pretty sure now as an adult, I'm like, how the hell did he convince my dad? And I was like, he probably told my dad that like, this is for homework. <laughs> I've never seen that dude do homework on on that computer. It was always the games being played. Anyway, so you know, I I. I was playing, you know, the games, and then I, I pop in the 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 tape, and it's uh it's Big Daddy King. It's, Big uh, Daddy King, Wrath yeah. of King. Yeah, it was Big Daddy King, and it's a, uh, I think it was Ain't No Half Stepping. Ain't no half. Right. Stepping. So it was like, yeah. Uh, how's the how's the start? Right. Rappers stepping to me. They want to get some. Mm. But, it's but I'm King. Mean, you know the outcome. You know the outcome. So it's funny that that line, right? Disrespectful. Right, you know, I, this I'm gonna tie this all into it. I'm tying this all into it. That you know, and I I remember being young, and I'm like, I like the beat. It's like it's like slow, and it's like you know, it has like a like a like a like a. Like a you, you, I'm eight years old, and I'm bopping my head, I'm like, uh, uh, and, then, and then like you know, when you when you load it, you get obsessive, right? Yeah. Then you hear the song like a thousand times. You keep rewinding it, and you keep playing it, and I, I always think like, why do my kids always repeat? Like they always put things on rotation all the time it's because i don't know there's parts of the song that you like that you you listen to and you like you know yeah um it might be the the part where the beat drops and it's like oh it makes you feel a certain way and i remember hearing that song not too like like not too long ago oh uh, and i remember there was it wasn't in the beginning of the song it was like towards the middle and what a time machine that was right that's what music does it put it puts you like in a time it's like oh man I remember like like that drop, and I was like, I remember like where I was in the room, how my room was set up, and I I would I was like, man, this this is crazy how music is. So yeah, so that was like the like the first introduction, and it was funny because I'm not really a big Daddy Kane fan. Like I didn't follow him, right? Um, but that record was huge. It was it was big. Ain't no half stepping. What? Uh, me... It was it was ain't no half stepping. It was smooth operator. Smooth operator. The wrath of Kane. Mm -hmm. Those are classics, and, man. Uh, was that raw? And raw, because I get raw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, those songs I remember because you know, remember back in the day, 
you know, this is the difference, like, from back then to today. I don't know. Nobody plays music loud out their cars anymore. That's true. Right? When was last? Was well, some people do. Some people. Every once in a while, I'll I'll see a car bumping. But it's not like how when we were kids. Right. 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 And, and nobody's really, you know, nobody's walking around with, with radios anymore. You know, everybody's in their head. Everybody has a... a uh, one of those AirPods, a- AirPods, and they got this big or whatever the the beast things, and it's like it's yeah. it's internalized. Yeah, just to clarify for you guys, when we talk about carrying a radio, I want to be very clear. We meant a boombox. We used to walk around with a giant boombox carried on our shoulders and just blast whatever the latest song was, the latest hip hop joint, or whatever was the hot record. We would literally walk around with this boombox because that's the only way we could hear music. You know, especially if you didn't have a car. You know what I mean? You didn't have a car. Yeah, you're younging. <laughs> Shout out to all the hearing aids that, were, that people are wearing now. All the people wearing their 50s and 60s. Yeah. But you know, it was, some, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was something cool about that, though. Because now everybody has their AirPods. Everybody's so, everything's so, like, divided. Like, people don't... The AirPods are, are dope. I have AirPods. I listen to my AirPods all the time. Um, usually I'm listening to the DJ Mark Flow podcast, but, <laughs> but, but a lot of times, a lot of times, um, it, it separates people. Everybody's in their own little world. Uh, but Mark, remember what I told you before, right? Now I gotta, I'm going to circle this back. Go for so, it. So, so ha- having those, uh, you know, like the, it, it was great, right? Boom. If you had a boom box and you had it, it was great. Yeah. Right. For you. Yep. Right? Yeah. Now, yeah. If, if you were in your 40s and 50s at that time, you think I want to hear somebody freaking loud ass music when I hear music. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that, that disrespect you overlook because, yeah, you, you, we were part of it like that. That's that. We, that's 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 really interesting that you right. say that, because when we were kids, we weren't trying to bother nobody. We just loved music and right. we wanted to hear music. Mm-hmm. You know, but to an older person, that was annoying. Right. That was that wasn't music. That was noise. Yeah, that's that's it's true. Yeah. Uh, so I re- yeah, that was, I, I just remember in the, in those times that the music was being played loud everywhere throughout the the buildings, throughout the the, the cars, like you know, like that was like a status thing too, like to have a car with a system. Yeah, I remember me and my buddies um, when I was a kid, high school years. So this is like. 85 to 89 right we were um we used to we we put a speaker a, i'm talking like a, a dj party speaker in the back of my buddy's hatchback and we oh put, my god we yeah. put it in the back it's like house party that and movie. then we connected it to the car stereo mm-hmm. and we would just jam we used to play um Keep on moving, no stop. No, remember that uh-huh. so to so. Mm-hmm. That was the joint. So that we and we would pump that, and we we were like happy, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Um, nobody's doing that anymore. Nobody does that anymore. Nobody's putting a big speaker in their cars anymore. Every you know, remember back in the day, you had to you had to take out the speaker. I mean, no, you had to take out the 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 stereo from your car. Yeah. And now you you know you will ha- you had to walk home with your actual oh yeah you had the you had, the, you the had to pull, pull it out yeah right. right because you know like the like the dope fiends will go in there and they'll steal it and they'll sell it and then you know you're on point buying it back 
<laughs> I remember my brother. My brother had like a DT car. His car looked like a detective car, uh-huh. and he had his little um. I forgot what you call it, but he used to pull out the stereo every time we left. It was hilarious. It was a status thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you you it, felt kind of like you were winning that, in life. That was like you walking around with your 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 Beats, right? Yeah. Your, your 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 Beats headphone. <laughs> Is that what you carrying your you know your, your detachable radio? <laughs> Listen, n- nothing nothing's original. Everything just gets recycled. And, Absolutely. And the only thing that changes is, is technology. Yep. Right? You can just do that non-original thing in a cooler way. You you said it better. I couldn't have said it better than me. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you exactly that's what hip-hop is. Yeah. To me, it, it, uh, you're probably going to ask me, but you know what hip-hop is, is who could say the same shit the most clever way? Yeah. It's true. It's true. Who can say something in a way that you never thought about? I was there was that, I forgot the name of the show, but there was like a uh, a Netflix show, and it was about rappers coming up, and they were it was like a rap competition. And one of the ones that went viral was this uh, Puerto Rican MC. He was battling this girl, and her name was Beans. Oh and, boy! And the and the line that got everybody crazy. He goes, "Wait a minute, I'm Puerto Rican. I've been eating beans my whole life." <laughs> Oh boy. And everybody like, just went crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a dope line. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's something. It's not. It's a ori- not original in what he's saying, but it's an original how he's saying it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and that's that's what I think it is. It's like a lot of people. It's very clever. Yeah. And it's 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 always talking about the same thing. I got more money than you. Uh, uh, I got more women than you. Yeah. I got more clout than you. Right? It's always like this, like, you know. It's, I'm Mr. Cool, cool guy, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the coolest of the cool. I'm good. You're not. I'm better than you. I saw you in the street. You went the other way. <laughs> you know? You know, it's 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 hard because, you know, I think of, like, uh, you know, one of the most iconic songs for me, right? It's, 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 it, I can hear the song all the time. Every time I hear the song, I, I want to do an extra five minutes on the treadmill, right? So when it, one of those, it, it shook ones. Oh, Mob Deep. Mob Deep. Yeah. It, it, the song it's a great is, record yeah but it, it, yes 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 the beat is crazy it, it, and it, like the, the the opening sound is the sound of the project um stove that's it's like oh man these guys are geniuses but the song is about pretty much people who walk around terrified because um there's somebody out there looking to get over on you yeah you know, like, you know, like you say who you say who you are, but you're not because I confronted you and you and shook it's, one. It's it's that, you yeah. know, it's like, you know, when you do break it down, it's like, I can see why people will be horrified. You know what I mean? Like right. I am a realist, uh, you know, you, you break down the lyrics and you're like, but it's clever. It's art. You know, it, it is art. And like I was telling, you know, your, uh, Marquise earlier, I was like, you know, art is interpreted yeah. however you want to interpret it. Right, because so, when I listen to Shook Ones, I'm not thinking that. I'm not thinking that I want to, like, make anybody shook. I'm just thinking, this is a dope beat. It's cool. Guy's got a good flow, and I'm just grooving to it. The thought of, like, you know, making somebody shook is the last thing on my mind. Okay, so let, let me give you a little pushback. All right, go for it. So, okay, th- that's how you that's how you perceive the art, that art, right? That's how you get from it. Now, I remember being in high school. Yeah. Right. When that that song came out, I would think like ninety four ish, ninety five ish. I was already in high school, and um, that song. It was a drastic shift in hostility. Really. Yes. I I I remember like you know like it was just it was it was bad like the way I saw 
beat downs and oh really yeah i i and in a lot of it it was like you know like you know like in the hood you know i meant to talk about this earlier like like you know you're in the hood when when somebody has the headphones on and they just rapping and they do that thing with the hands and with the you know like they did the gun thing yeah yeah and that was it that's what everybody was doing that everybody you know doing. that's funny that you said that because that's something that i to this day i don't understand i always loved hip-hop always loved it since I was a little kid right rock him big fan of rock him and but i never understood this i'm walking at times square and this guy's rapping at the top of their lungs you can't hear the music you can't hear the beat you can't hear it but they're screaming the rap out i'm like why would you do that i mean like i to, to this day i don't get that right. you know what i mean like screaming it and, and if they're cursing they don't give a they don't give a you know yeah. what about it yeah and like i said it goes back to that disrespect yeah and and when i remember at, in high school when they see guys like you know they would they'll be very animated when they hear these right it, it'll be like they'll it's like Rocky, you know, when he was walking, he does that thing where he, he's like boxing, yeah, yeah, out of nowhere, yeah, yeah. So, when a lot of times when they would hear the songs, that 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 aggression comes out. So that 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 form of art was bringing out the aggression within them. Now we take it and we like to be, you know, we like the clever cleverness uh, cleverness of the rhymes. Mm -hmm. But some people, they, some people take it to they, a whole other level. They, they'll internalize it and yeah. they they want to be that. They want to be the guy, not the shook one. Right. right. They don't want to be the shook They one. want to be the guy they scaring want, them. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that. That's true. That's true. And that, unfortunately, that's a reality. Yeah. It's, it's, you know? And you see that a lot. You see that a lot in, in just the behavior sometimes and the way people interact with each other. Just like if you were right before the pandemic, walking through Times Square and 34th Street, it was like being in the hood. It yeah. wasn't. It's a little bit better now. But it went through a phase where it got really, really hood. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And people disrespecting people. You know, you remind me of something. Like, you know one of my biggest pet peeves is? My biggest pet peeve. One thing I can't stand is when a guy is walking with his girl and another dude picks a fight with that guy or starts flirting with the girl. Oof. To me... Disrespect. To, that's such disrespect. To me... If, if you do that, you're corny because it's like, you know that that guy is in a compromised position because his main priority is he's going to keep his girl safe. So you starting something in that situation, you're corny. Oh, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, you if you got you want to say something to me, say something to me when I'm alone. Don't say something right. to me when I'm with my girl or I'm with my kid. You know what I mean? Like, come on. I'm pretty sure there's a rap song talking about that. Like. I take your lady and I make you hold my jacket. Yeah, like <laughs> people have like no like stuff like that. I don't like. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like that. That's corny to me. You know what's funny? Like, and then I was I was thinking like, well, why? Like, I like that stuff. But like, why do I like that stuff? And I had a, you know I always I always dig right. Yeah, yeah. And I I think it's because when I was little, I enjoyed wrestling. I love wrestling. Right. Who who talks the most crap? Right. The wrestlers. Yeah. They're constantly talking about like how they're gonna beat each other and how they they're gonna, they're gonna embarrass each other. Listen, and Jabroni, the rocker, he, he Ric Flair. Yeah. How much crap did he talk? Yeah. I, I look at those those videos now. I'm like, yo, this guy was a genius at talking crap. Yeah. And he was funny about it, right? And they who actually put people down. 
right? And then, you know, in a sense, like you kind of grow up with that. It's like you constantly like, like I'm better than you. I beat you. You're not gonna do anything about it. And it kind of translate into like that kind of world of like hip hop. Yeah. It was like it kind of it, it it gets to that. It, it does. And uh, there's parallels, like you know. Yeah, but it's like it's like I like the competitiveness of of hip hop. Like when when we used to break dance, you know, we used to battle each other, and I would do a crazy move, and then I would look at you like, "What? You can't top that." You know Dis- what I mean? Disrespect, folks. Yeah. <laughs> but that but that is like comp- competing competitiveness. Mm-hmm. If you could, because you could take this really far, you could say that baseball players and basketball players and football players are are disrespectful. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Anything competitive is is going to be disrespectful. Yeah. So right. so I think I think that to a certain extent it's it's great, but it's when people, you know, they they cross that line and right. it becomes like, just like ignorant behavior. Right. You know what I mean? It's like a Charlie Murphy. He says uh, he goes, uh, you know, you're a hab- habitual line crosser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You yeah, know, like let's stop crossing the line. Like people, that, and that's what people do. Like they're constantly crossing the line. Yeah, like know the line. Right. No, no, like I shouldn't do that. That's not cool. Right. Even if, even if I can, I shouldn't do that. That's not cool. Uh, manage your disrespect. Yeah, manage your disrespect. I'm gonna tell that to my wife. <laughs> well, manage your disrespect, right? You know, I, um, Alexis and and his wife Maribel have a great relationship. They're hilarious to be around. The way they. The way they playfully insult each other, but banter. Uh, yeah, my favorite thing is when um she was I don't, I don't remember what she did, but she did something, and you just looked at it, and go listen, I disrespect you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, you I know, I, I I love it and I hate it, right? Right, <laughs> because of the disrespect is is playful. You could be playful with it. I feel like I feel like there's a certain level of that that is harmless and then there's a right. certain level of that where you know right there, there's lines that should be crossed right mm-hmm. boundaries people boundaries mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so you know be clear on that you know even if i don't like you if i can't stand you if i see you walking with your girl i ain't gonna say one word to you because that ain't right you know <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's see um uh hold on hold on hold on all right i got a good one for you when do you listen to hip hop, and do you have particular songs that you listen to for particular situations? Like me, for example, if I go to the gym, I need to be listening to Young Jeezy, Fifty Cent. I need like that yes. amped up hip hop. Yeah, oh yeah, you know what I mean. MOP, Onyx. Yeah, when I'm driving, it's a, it's a different. Then you know, I want to play some a little more. You know. Rock him, yeah. You know something a little more like just vibing kind of deal, little gangstar. I I think, you know when um when I'm having a taste, <laughs> right? Um, you know you get into that YouTube rabbit hole, yeah. And uh, you know I, I'll, you know like I I'll admit I'm trapped in a bubble. I like the I like the old school hip hop. Yeah. I I, I you know. I'm not. I don't want to crap on the new hip hop because I just it's just not my lane, right? Yeah, I'm not really into it um, myself either. So I, I do get in. I am in that bubble where I like to listen to the songs that I grew up with, you know. And uh, you know, you get into that YouTube rabbit hole, especially when you have a taste. <laughs> and the uh, and then uh, you know, uh, music sounds better. 
yeah. right? Because now you vibing. You you like I said, when once you hear that song, it it takes you back to a time machine. You remember? Oh, I remember when that song came out. And, and when everybody everybody the out there, when you say taste, you mean like a little bit of whiskey, a little bit of yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, McAllen's, yes, McAllen. Um, so I, 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 it's funny because every time, like, I always start off. This is like we do this all the time. You know, when when you, when you come over and we have a party, it's, it's always like I always have YouTube as the DJ. Yeah, like I'll play like I have a a playlist on YouTube, and because I like the videos too. Because the videos take me back, too. I remember when I was younger, I used to watch Rhapsody. I used to watch um, uh, Yo! MTV Raps. Yeah, right? MTV Raps. Um, the Box. Um, you know, stuff like that. So, um, I, you know, I would play the music, and and it, the vibe would always be like a nostalgic the, the vibe. You know, I, I, like, I like to play the songs that are at home, that bring more nostalgia. When I go to the gym, of course, like you said, you, 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 you want, I want to hear the most disrespectful songs. <laughs> I want to hear Throw Your Guns. I want right. to hear, you know, I want to hear when you, when you try to, when MOP, you try, Anti-Up. When you're trying to bench press, you're not trying to hear Love Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You need something a little. No, I, I, I don't want to listen to Tribe Called Quest when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm in the gym. But Tribe is a great one if you're at a party or if you're yes. in the car. Right. Tribe right. is the bomb. When, when you're when you, when you vibing. Yeah, right. it's like it's like they all have like. Right. I feel like hip hop should not be considered one genre. There should be multiple genres mm-hmm. within hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I, I, I like. Listen, YouTube is. I don't. I, I couldn't probably live without YouTube. If they told me today that YouTube is going to cost me fifty dollars a month, I'd be like, I'm in. Yeah, me too. I'm to be real with you. Real talk. I pay. Like hundred and change for cable, I pay like seventeen dollars. Not seventeen, I'm exaggerating, but I'm paying like eight dollars for this Paramount app. You know, eight dollars for the ESPN app. Eight dollars for this. You know what I watch more than anything else? YouTube. YouTube. I I would always exchange all those if I had, if they had a choice. Like if it was like, oh, which one you rather have? Oh, YouTube. Because you know, because YouTube, you you could learn a lot of stuff. Anything Absolutely. you anything you want to know how to you want to know how to build a table. Yeah. There's a YouTube channel for yeah. it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You know, uh, if you want to be less stupid, there's, <laughs> there's, there's there's a YouTube video for it. YouTube yeah. is the best. It's the best. It, it, like yeah. I said, I went to like you know people say, oh, how did you learn that? Yeah, I went to YouTube University. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. You you can learn a lot, man. You can learn. You want to cook something? Absolutely. You know what I mean? You want to? I remember I remember I was having family over. And everybody was like, you got to make a pernil. And I was like, and I'm Puerto Rican. I grew up Puerto Rican, but I never actually had to make it. So uh-huh. I was like, I w- so there's a lot of pressure because it's like, one, I have people coming here. So I've got to make sure the food is good. And two, I'm Puerto Rican. So like, it's like disrespectful to my people if I don't do this right. <laughs> if you don't gar- garlic that thing enough, you're in trouble, my friend. So, you know, I went on YouTube. I found like this Spanish lady that... Took me through it step by step. It came all great. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because I, 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 uh, I do the same thing. If if I'm looking for uh, a particular recipe, especially like the Spanish ones, and uh, but I, I, I can't get past those those <laughs> those New York Rican accents. Oh my god! I'm like, oh lord, help me with this. This, this is uh, it's 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 funny. New Yorican is a real thing, bro. New Yorican is in the house. <laughs> for, for real. <laughs> All right. I got another one for you. Have you ever been to a hip hop concert 
And if so, do you remember who it was and was it a good show or not? Wow. I I got to say, I've never been oh. to a hip hop concert. And it's funny that you said it because I was talking to my brother a couple of weeks ago. And uh, favorite group is Wu-Tang. Oh. Right? Yeah. Um, I I would like to see a Wu-Tang. If, if, if I'm going to see a concert, it's gonna it has to be them. It I will go be, see Wu-Tang. It has to be them. And um, one of the reasons why I, I actually owe them. I owe them. And I'm going to tell you a story. You owe Wu-Tang? I owe Wu-Tang. Oh, damn. I, they, I, I owe them because I might have been a, a victim of a robbery and an ass beating. Really? <laughs> yes. Wait, 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 while you were working? No, no, this is when I was a kid. Oh, okay. A, a, a little guy. Oh, man. Shout out to the M-E-T-H-O-D, man. <laughs> so, uh, I'll tell you the story real quick. So, I remember I was like 12, 12, 13-ish, right? This is like the beginnings of the the, the first Wu-Tang album, right? Yeah. Um. I remember I was. It was me and me and my friend. We were we were walking around. I guess we were we were walking around where we live, and um, we 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 got approached by some street toughs. Right? They were they were they were older. They okay. Were, they were they were older guys. Like I said, if I was twelve, thirteen, they might have been like maybe seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. Clearly older because um, they didn't go to our school. You know, I was in junior high. I was like, you know, you knew you would know, and um, got approached. And it was like you could tell, like you know, when you street smart, you know this this is not good. Like yeah. they started like tapping the pockets, like oh what's up? They start tapping your pockets, you know, like in in the hood. Yeah, that just means like you about to get robbed. Uh, eventually, whatever you have in your pocket is gonna belong to them. <laughs> it's gonna go in their pocket. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Uh, so I remember. No, no, I've I've got the the main part of the story. What happened was we were walking around, and my friend kind of. He kind of started the interaction. Yeah. And I remember what he said. We, we were walking and we were walking near them. And uh, my, my, my boy was like, he said, hey, home dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? you know. Home it, dudes? Yes. Oh, so, you know, damn. in the hood. That's not and, a good and, look. You know, and he, my, my friend's a black kid. So, you know, him saying that. Yeah. It, it raised them like. Who the, who the, Where'd you grow oh, up? Right. So he they, they came up to us. He was like, what did you say? He's like, oh, what's, hey, what's up? He's like, you call the home dudes. He's like, what? you black? And they started checking his, his black card. He was like, Man. oh, yeah, no, no, I'm just trying to be funny, whatever. Uh-huh. And um, then they went on to me. They what are, he was like, what are you, you? What are you? You, you, you Dominican or you Puerto Rican? I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, you know? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, no. So then, I'm, uh, I'm Puerto Rican, home dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this kid, this, my my boy. He was like, I remember when he said it. It was like, hey, home dude. <laughs> it was like, oh, he just invited the freaking. Like, oh, he just invited no. these guys over here to just just wail on us. So damn. How old are you when this is happening? This is I'm like uh, this is like ninety two, ninety three. Okay. All right. So I remember the 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 Protect Your Neck album came out in '92. Yeah. And this was before the album came out. And I'll tell you why because in the story. Protect your neck. Protect so, your neck. so they kept checking my boy about his black card. Like, why? He's like, home dudes. He's like, what? what you, you aren't you black? Right. They mm-hmm. started saying that. So, uh, and it's, and then they asked him, "What's your favorite song? What's your favorite hip hop?" Now we're getting quizzed now. And uh, I remember my boy was like, I, 
I don't remember exactly what he said, but I, I, I'm assuming that he said Ice Cube because he was an Ice Cube fan. Okay. And they were like, oh, yeah, nah, he, he's, he's good. So they asked me. And I was like, all right. So I, I had just got a, a, a copy of a, you remember DJ SNS? Yes. Right. So he was like a big street DJ, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it, I, I don't know how I got a copy of it, but I remember the song. It was, um, now the song was called Tiger Style on the on the cassette. Tiger Style. I remember. Right. Yeah. So that's a Wu-Tang song. Yeah. But on the cassette, it said Tiger Style. Yeah. But the the actual song is uh, Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to blank with. Right. Yeah. So I remember when they asked me and I was like, Oh, I like Tiger Style. They went crazy. Yeah. They were like, yo. They started giving me like high they, fives and pounds. You just like, saved the day. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought I was gonna get a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> so I was like they were like, Yeah, yeah, yo, that song is dope. It, because the song like like that was before that you remember those 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 tapes? They used to have those songs before the album used to come out. So it was fresh. Yeah. But they knew what it was. Yeah. They knew what it was. So shout out to Wu Tang, you know. See man. I got one I got one less scar. See man, Rizza, if you ever wondered <laughs> if your music is helping people, there you go. <laughs> the, the little kid in the Bronx. <laughs> yeah, man. So yes, Wu Tang. And suppose they're gonna be, I think, in Miami, I think in September. That's, I think that's the We cool- should go. I would like to. We should do it. Let's just go. I mean, I've been to like so many hip hop concerts. I've seen so many different artists. Um, and it's 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 a blast. We used to go to the Palladium. The Palladium used to be the spot when I was a kid and you could see all the hip hop acts, man. I've seen so many people, it's like not even funny. You know, like going back to the cop thing, unfortunately, like those those concerts, you know, it can get crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's not a. It wasn't a good place for me to be, mm. you know. During, oh during, yeah, during yeah. my twenty years, like yeah, no, you know, I like because those those concerts could get out of hand. But you know what's funny? The the concerts I've never been to a hip hop concert where there was a problem. Every concert, right? I guess if you go to MSG and those big venues, but, no, but even in like the Palladium, oh no, yeah, no, I will get into that. Nobody bothered nobody. Like, okay. We were just there to hear the music. You know what I mean? And and. Everybody went home. It was all love. Like there was, I've never been in a situation where it was like, it got crazy. The craziest hip hop concert I've been to though, where there was a little bit of interaction, but it was got um, spicy. It got a little spicy. I saw, um, it was like a rock hip hop thing. It was um that rock group Corn. Oh yeah. And opening up for them was um House of Pain. Remember House of Pain? Yeah, I love House of Pain. Right. So, you know those guys from L.A. Right. Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah, everybody thinks they're from Boston. Yeah, that's what I thought. No way. They from LA. Oh, all right. So jump around. So so I was like, um That's another story, I'll tell you. But check this out. I'm at this concert, and this is a long time ago, right? I'm at the concert and I'm like jamming. I had never been to a rock concert. I've only been to hip hop concerts. So you know, hip hop concerts, the most we do, you know, hip hop concerts. Nobody wants problems. So you you try your hardest not to touch nobody, not to bother nobody. You're just there to have fun and dance, stay in your lane. And the most you'll do is you'll jump up and down, or you'll scream, and you'll sing the song, and you throw your hands in the air. But that's to the extent of it. I had never been to a rock concert, and I went to a rock concert with a friend. Because I was like, oh, House of Pain's going to be there. I'll go. I didn't know who Korn was, but I was like, hey, I'm open to it. I like rock. So I went... That's when I learned the meaning 
of the mosh pit. I had oh. no idea what that was. Oh boy. I'm standing there and I'm like jamming. All of a sudden, everybody just started beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? I, I've heard, yeah. And to the point where you had to like move, you had to get out of the way or you were going to get pulled into it. It was like, it was like, and it wasn't like a controlled mosh pit. You know how like some mosh pits, they stay in their area. Mm hmm. The whole party essentially became a mosh pit. Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, what the hell is this? I've heard stories that they throw punches, right? Yeah, they they beat the hell out of each other. Like, I was like, I was bugging out. I mean, not all mosh pits. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's mosh pits where they don't do that. But they were like, they were, they were going crazy. But then I remember there was one girl that they were, she was crowd surfing. You know what crowd surfing mm -hmm. is? Like, they were, they all had her up in the air, and they're passing her around. And she's like, yeah, party. Right? <laughs> right? So, they're, so they're, passing, they're passing her around. The, the, she's crowd surfing. And she's like, rock and roll, right? All this stuff. Mm -hmm. Somebody missed. No. And all of a sudden, the girl went, boom. She just fell in the crowd. And you were like, what the hell? And then you just see her get up and like she's dizzy and she's walking away. It was like it was like, yo, these rock concerts are crazy. And stop bleeding on the floor, please. <laughs> get this girl out of here. Cow. I was like shocked. I was like, I'm going back to my peaceful hip hop shows. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me go sing throw your guns where I feel safer. <laughs> I'm like, this is a little insane. All right, so check this out. So do you, you said you had a story though. Do you have another? Do you have a? Do what is your funniest hip hop related story? Do you have a funny one? Oh man, um, no, I I guess that that story that I just told it was was funny and sad at the same time. <laughs> it it could have went so bad. It was a tale of many emotions. Uh, Twenty no, oh, hold on, my it could be. I was like, oh, shit, thirty years later, I could tell that story. Wow. Now I can laugh about it. It wasn't funny <laughs> when. It wasn't funny if I didn't have the answers. Damn it. But isn't that crazy? I, I honestly think that from a religious perspective, I feel like that's God. I'm like, I feel like God helped oh, you. Oh, yeah. God was like, say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? I, I, like I said, at a minimum, we're going to get robbed. Yeah. At a minimum. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, and I probably had about five bucks on me. Damn. They, 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 you know, that's like three slices of pizza. For three of those guys. <laughs> one of my buddies, one of my buddies, Back then. one of my buddies that I grew up with, maybe one day I'll have him on the show too, but one of my buddies, he was like, um, he was telling me his story. He was like, yo, man, I was a little kid. I was walking home. I just came from the pizzeria. <laughs> he took my pizza. <laughs> oh, man. That's, you know, he when you take like, somebody's food. He's like, they took my pizza, man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah man. Take my wallet. Don't take my food. Insane. I'm starving. Insane. Was he a fat guy? No, he was he was an in shape guy, but he we were oh, kids. Okay. We were uh, little. We were, right. See, yeah. He could handle it. So growing up in the Bronx is tough. So everybody out there that's growing up, I tell my kids this all the time. They grow up in Rockland. They grow up in the suburbs. They go. They don't know how good they got it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I tell my son these stories about the Bronx. And he's like, I never want to go there. <laughs> yeah, but that was funny. I it was funny because. When he told us they, they took his pizza, we we just we couldn't stop laughing. We're like, they took your pizza. He's like, damn, I was hungry too. <laughs> all right. So all right. So one other thing, real quick, is that I know that um you um you, you a lot of people may not know this, but you know everybody. Whenever I go to a party, whenever I go to like a work party or anything like that, I'm always drinking whiskey, right? 
I remember, I, I remember, I was at a store. I was, I'll tell you a quick story. So I was sitting at a, a party and it was a, a work event and everybody there is like, you know, drinking beers, a lot of 20 year olds, 20 to 29 year olds. I'm a little older. I'm sitting there and I'm sipping on McAllen's. I'm sipping on my whiskey and a young, and I'm in a suit. Young person comes over to me. Power suit. Yeah. Yeah. Young person comes over to me. It's a cool story. Young person. He goes, he goes, he's like. Oh, Mr. Flores. I'm like, yeah. He was like, man, you're drinking whiskey. You're in the suit. You're a classy guy. <laughs> yes, yes. That was a good moment for me. So shout out to that kid. Yeah. Uh, but but um, a lot of people may not know this because a lot of people, everybody sees me with a glass of whiskey. Mm-hmm. But you're the one that introduced me to whiskey. Oh, yeah, oh boy. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't I'll I, tell you a real shallow story about why that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to shallowness, man. Go ahead, go ahead. So, the reason why we 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 turn well, I remember because we um, in I guess like the first drink that we were kind of introduced. When I say we, I mean me and my wife, because I, I I didn't drink when I was younger. Yeah, I didn't. No, I I I had my first taste maybe at twenty. Right. Like my first taste. Right. But um when um. When I got married, even when we were dating, we, we didn't really drink. We didn't, rarely. When we got married, um, you know, we 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 drank a little more. Yeah, that's a good thing, but uh, not we didn't drink more because we got married. We just saying we we started to <laughs> like now experiment on, on different things because the first drink was like a, a Jack and Coke. Yeah, you were big on Jack and Coke. Right, right. Yeah. So you remember those days? Yeah, right? yeah, you know, yeah. So for sure. so you know, Jack and Coke was like the thing. But then, like, you start doing, like, the, you know, like, the, a, a little bit of research, and it's like, Coke has a lot of sugar. Yep. Right? And so, and so does whiskey, especially Jack Daniels. That, that, anything brown is going to be, have a high level of sugar content. So, then what we, what we were doing was, like, we, we got rid of the, the, the Coke, we got rid of the the Coca Cola, yeah. <laughs> not not cocaine. <laughs> Coca Cola. Don't send me a letter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were like, okay, so if we're gonna if we're gonna disrespect our bodies, let's 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 <laughs> let's disrespect it. Let's disrespect it in in a in a more uh, a, a better way, a, you know, less disrespectful. So we eliminated the the soda and we started to drink Jack, yeah, straight, yeah. So because we started drink think, uh, drinking things straight. Um, we got used to it. Yeah. And then like mixed drinks, we uh, we didn't like anymore. Yeah. It was like it was too sugary. It was like I don't know if if I'm getting buzzed because I I'm about, I'm about to catch diabetes. I'm a diabetic coma, <laughs> or is it really the uh, the you know the uh, is it the quality the, of the liquor? Right. So then um, going back uh, now with the whisk uh, with the Scotch whiskey, right? Well, McCann, I think McCann's a Scotch whiskey I think. And yeah. um and. The shallow story is that I remember I was I was reading an article about movies. Okay. Right, and the and the and they were saying that um there's there's things that are placed in movies for a reason, and one of them was alcohol in movies. Right. So you know when you see a movie, right, and somebody's bringing out the scotch. Yeah. Right. It's usually some guy. Power. Right, the guy he just made a power move. Yeah. Right, he just made a power move, or he just um, he he's he's about to tell somebody what to do. 
Yeah. He's pouring the drink and he's telling them, listen, I'm going to need you to do this for me. Yeah. As he pours and you hear the, the, the cling clang of the, of the yeah. ice, you know, or there was a deal that was being brokered and they celebrating. Yeah. Right. They, right. It's always like, it's uh, always in a powerful situation. Right. It's always, let me bring out the good whiskey. Yeah. Let me bring out the good scotch. It's yeah. never, let me bring out the good tequila yeah. or the good rum. It's always the good scotch, the good. So it's always that. So I remember I, uh, I, me and, 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 and the wife, we went to the, you know, the char house. You know that restaurant, the Chat yes. House? Yes. Right? So a nice restaurant that overlooks the skyline. You know, you know, you want to have a moment. That's another thing I learned from you. This guy, man, is one one of the, the things that I learned this guy, this guy, he likes to be in the moment. Yes. Right? Live in the moment. And that's freaking great. If we're having a great time, I always go, oh, that was a moment. That was a moment. Yeah, you are the <laughs> moment guy. You have taught me that you gotta be in the moment. For sure. So I remember when we were in the char house, I was looking at, excuse me, Garcon, <laughs> can I get the, 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 you know, the wine list or, you know, the drinking wine list, you know, and you know, you're in a nice restaurant when, when the wine list comes in a paper, yeah, not a big old plastic sheet yeah. with dirty, with dirty with fingerprints food stains on, it. on yeah, it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, so, you know, give us the paper and I, I saw that, uh, you know, I saw the, 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 the scotch, right. And then uh, the list, and then uh, on there was McAllen twelve. Yep. I was like, okay, and I was like, it's a little expensive, you know. Me, ignorant, you know. I'm thinking the more expensive, the the better it could be, right? I associate, you know, the the price of the quality. Yeah. So I remember we 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 ordered two. Yeah, you know, on the rocks, right? Let it be cold, right? <laughs> So, you know, yeah, we didn't know anything about neat. Yeah. Be neat you know, Always like, order it neat, right? man. I know. Like, I just disrespected the the whiskey with, <laughs> so, with ice water. Watered down the whiskey. Stupid. <laughs> but now I know. Anyway, so uh, we uh, so we order it. And I was like, man, this is this is good. This is actually, this is, this is, uh, this is good. This is, um, this is smooth. Yeah. Um, so we started buying it. We started buying it, and uh, I, you know, I, to be honest, Mark, like, like, I think we bought it so much that we haven't. <laughs> I think I don't even like it anymore. I don't even like it anymore. I haven't like, uh, you know, uh, the one that you have. Uh, I uh, haven't had McAllen in a while. Yeah, and just so you know, guys, he showed up to the show with a bottle of McAllen's Twelve. Now that's classy. All right. So you want to hear this next story? Yeah. <laughs> Mark think that was a gift. Oh. It was actually an IOU. Okay. Right. So it, yeah, yes, it is a gift. I don't want to take that, but it's Osha. I owe you. Why? All right. I don't know if you know the story. Maybe you do. Maybe. You <laughs> so you know, I I've I've hosted parties at my house, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we always have a good time when we host. And uh, Mark, this one year, Mark was uh, he was in charge of the uh, alcohol. Like, oh yes, like they say in the hood, alcohol, <laughs> and because uh, you know, at the time I think we uh, we uh, we were we were we had a party where we were making uh, Long Island iced teas. Remember we got yeah. it, it, that was that was a good time. It because it, it was so good. It was everybody was like no, nobody like everybody was happy. It was happy. Yeah. It, was, it was nobody got like drunk and like vomiting. It was like a nice good thing. Anyway, so we try to replicate that, but Mark. <laughs> Was in charge of the liquor, so you know when it comes to Long Island teas, you gotta have all of them. Yeah, 
You gotta have a good. You gotta have the the, the gin. You gotta have the vodka. You gotta. You know your audience uh, should know. Like you know, it takes some multiple uh, bottles yeah. to make one Long, Long Island iced tea. tea is a combination of multiple liquors, guys. Yeah. So he, you brought it over, and we made some, right? Yeah. And then um, you left. Yeah. But you left the you you left your liquor behind. <laughs> I was my whole bar, man. I brought my whole bar. <laughs> I was like, yo. So, so like a week, a week or two passes, and I'm like, uh, you know, Mark left his stuff here. He's like, it's, it was in the kitchen. I remember it was in the corner where we keep our bills. You know, <laughs> you know, it was right next to. So, you know, we, me and the lady, we were dry. Let's say we 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 ran out of our our stuff. Yeah. So we were like, you know. We'll have a little bit of Mark stuff, and then whenever we see him, we know we'll, <laughs> you know, we'll pay him back. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a rental. Right, right. So we actually went through those bottles. Mark. <laughs> we went through those bottles. It drank my whole bar, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We went through those bottles, and I always, we used, I used to always tell, oh, Maribel, my wife, and uh, we used, used to say like, you know, one day I can, we're gonna have to pay this guy back. I was like, you know, we, we drank his bar, like he said. <laughs> So I was like, you know what? Let me. When you told me that you, I, when you offered me the the you know the, the podcast, it, I was like, let me let me bring the alcohol. yeah because I told him when he was coming on the show, I said oh, I gotta get a bottle of McAllen's for this. This is gonna be good. Yeah. And he was like, no no no, I'll bring it. I'll bring it. Yeah, I'll bring it. Yeah. So there you go. That's 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 an well, IOU. Well, you didn't know me. You know what I mean. Yeah, it was a gift. You no, know? no, it was, absolutely, it was a gift. But I always wanted to tell you that story because <laughs> I don't know if you ever knew that story. Did you know the story? I mean, I know you drank my whole bar, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that. That's how I, I really, I remember. I was like, you would come over. I was like, you know, Mark like uh, he, he likes um, what, what's that meal that you like? Uh, uh Kanegisa, right? Yeah, yeah. Make that for that man. We yeah. owe him. Beef stew, guys. Beef, beef stew, stew, beef stew. Yes, good beef, stuff, man. Beef stew with rice and beans. Yeah, make it for that man because we drank all his alcohol. <laughs> I came home, bar was empty. My bar was like Mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, really man. really funny. Yeah, man. All right, so let's see. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. All right, so. So last question, last question of the DJ Mark Phil podcast, episode number five. <laughs> All right. So if you look at your life now, we can get a little, we can get a little introspective. You look at your life now as a police officer, you served your community, retired, right? And... What is next for Alexis Torres? Mm, okay. So. All right. So. And guys, to be clear, he's retired, but he's a very young man. How old are you? 42. 42. So I'm not talking to like an old guy here. This is a young guy. He's younger than me. All right. Okay. All right. So, you know, what's funny is that uh, people ask me all the time, like, what am I going to do? So, uh. I always tell people, and this is like the running joke in my family. It's like I don't have a job, but yeah. I'm always working. Yep. Right. Um, I 
I'm constantly trying to learn something. Like I, I when I'm home, you know, I would, you know, I would have thought that maybe I would have gotten involved in a lot of like these Netflix series and stuff like that. Like I thought it was going to be a couch potato, but no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I could count with my hand, one hand, how many shows I actually watched, but I'm into learning. Yep. You know, and uh, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on my, my learning and health kick right now. You know, I go to the gym every day. Awesome. And if, if, uh, if I don't go to the gym, I told my wife, I don't go out in the rain. I know it sounds crazy, but I was like, you know, I, in, in 20 years as a cop, if, if you have any cop listeners, you know that, you know, in natural disasters, when it snows, when it rains, when it when there's a hurricane or the tropical, whatever, uh, what, what do you call that? Super storms. Yeah. You had to go to work. So I was like, I told myself, you know what? I'm not going to go outside when it rains or when it rains or it, the weather's bad. I'm just going to stay home. And when I stay home, I'm going to, if I can't go to the gym, because uh, usually when I go out, I go to the gym. Yeah. I'm gonna stay home. I'm gonna work on my mental health. And when I That's when I say awesome. me, when I say mental health, I mean I'm gonna watch videos that are, are that I'll learn something more about about life and and philosophy and things that are encouraging. And and there's a lot of things that um I need to I need to learn. I need to relearn. And there's things I need to unlearn. Mm. And unlearning a lot of things is 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 deep because a lot of times you were taught things. Um, and you know, with life and with perspective, you figure out, you know what, maybe that wasn't the right way to navigate through life. Okay. You know? And, um, so, and like I was telling you, you, uh, Marquise earlier, I was like, you know, like a lot of times you want to, you want to put timetables on things, right? I'm not doing that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like if 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 it's worth doing, right? If it's if it's honest and if it's beneficial, um, take your time, right? You know, take take your time. Oh, because because if if you really love this, right? You're doing this podcast thing. Yep. And um, you know the the bonus the bonus of it is that maybe you can get paid for it. Yep. Right? Maybe. And but the real bonus is having these conversations. Maybe you have a different perspective that you didn't, you know, you didn't have before, or maybe there's something that, uh, you know, you you as you talk, you you kind of like. Not only are you teaching me, you're also teaching yourself. Yeah. You'd be surprised, like you said before, right? You 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 start to talk, and you're like, damn, I didn't even know that I had that ten dollar word in my vocabulary. Yeah, like sometimes I sometimes I play back the podcast. I'm like, that was very well articulated, Mark. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't even say that word articulated. <laughs> But I step in on myself. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I, like I said, I don't want to put timetables on things because I think it's unfair to, if, if it's good, you know, uh, take your time and do it on on a, a scale. Well, do it on any scale, right? Right now, you, you're starting your podcast and this is like, you're, you're trying to scale up, yeah. right? But at least you're scaling. You know, a lot of times people are like, oh, how many, how many views you have? You know, that, you know, that crowd. Yeah. Like, forget about the views. Yeah. I, I just, I just put on my kids, you know, like I was telling you earlier, like the fact that you, 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 you highlighted your kids is because you know, those are the trophies. Absolutely. Right. Though you, your, your, your kids achievements, those are the, those are the things that you want to highlight because that shows the level of respect you have for them, 
That's how much you care about their accomplishments and you want to showcase it, right? Yeah. You want to showcase that was, you know, you had that, that picture, uh, that piece of art, right? That's another thing I'm, I'm trying to fix too. I'm trying to fix the way I say things because uh, I don't want to, I don't want to minimalize, and I I want to be I want to be able to uh, uh, when I when I say certain things I want to have an impact too. So you know what Marquise had there was it wasn't a picture that was a work of art. Yeah, right for sure. It's 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 a work of art. It's, it's called what it is, and in, and you know I think if if I you know as I'm retired I was gifted flexibility and time. You know uh, the the 20 years that I did on the job. Uh, what it what it was is I, I know you said it was it was a, a service at the time of service, but I now I see that it was a, it was an investment to gain back my time, mm. you know. And, and unfortunately, I'm I'm getting paid for it, you know. And and the you know the family's being taken care of, and uh, you know those are the things. Like I want to be able to do things. Uh, I want to be able to do a lot of things on a small scale, big scale, whatever it is. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, there's this this a lot of things I want to learn, you know. Yeah, I think I think I think that's super important because, you know, as I, you know, like I take care of my mother who's who's up in age, she's 83 years old and you know, and if I have to give any advice to anyone is keep working your brain, keep reading, keep learning, keep get hobbies, invest in things. Cause the thing that I love about this podcast, dude, is that I could do this to a very old age. I could be an old man and I could be like, yo, episode 2042. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this is something that I, I like to do. I like to like eat, like you said, like even this conversation in this conversation, I've learned a lot. You know what I mean? I'm listening to the things you're saying and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Oh, you know what I mean? And and you grow from each conversation. And it's like, that's that's the whole point of this. That's the whole point is to like, to educate, to like, you know, give people a guide. You know, like I, I, always, I always tell my kids, I'm like, when I try to tell them not to do something, I, I, I always tell them, I'm not telling you this because... I'm so much smarter than you and all that stuff. I said, this is why I'm telling you this. I walked down that block. There was a hole there. I didn't see the hole. I fell in the hole, broke my legs, broke my arms, and it took me forever to climb out of that hole. I finally got out of the hole and I healed and I'm better. And then I see you coming down that same road. And I'm just basically saying, walk around the hole, walk around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't fall in that hole you know what i mean yeah. it hurts yeah. you know so it's like i think that's what a, that's what a parent's whole job is mm -hmm. you know what i mean right right is your experiences are are, are the keys to you know helping them realize oh, what should i do or what should i not do right you know yeah, because you, you you tell the kids uh you know to stay away from the hole because you don't want them to get hurt right you know, and then sometimes they'll fall and you'll be like, you know what? But you're going to learn because you fell in the hole. Yeah. You know, he, he, no matter how you see it, falling in the hole is good. Not falling in the hole is good. Or maybe walking around the hole is not easy. Right. And it stumbles and there's all kinds of things. But at least you're not. Right. 
decimating right. yourself. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's one thing I am learning is that you know, there's always more than one way to see everything. Yeah, you know, for sure. You know, you can't. You, you gotta have perspective. You know, is that's that's major. And I I I, I know I, I nowadays I live for that. Oh, I didn't see it that way. You know, like when I mm -hmm. get that reaction from people, because you know I try to be thoughtful. You know, and uh, you know if I can get that kind of reaction, then I thought, damn, that's good. That's good. Yeah, like you, you try to be a good guy. Trying, yeah. But you're gonna make mistakes. We all make mistakes, mm -hmm. and you look back and like, uh, I could have handled that one a little bit better. Absolutely. You know what I mean? All right, y'all. That was episode five. Thank you to Alexis Torres for joining the show. Hopefully, you will join us again. Oh yeah. And um, guys, it's been a pleasure, and I'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the DJ Mark Flow Podcast. It's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. Make sure you hit that follow button. And if you are so able, donate to the channel so we can make more episodes. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the love.